All right. Well, howdy, green team. Nice to be with you again today. And I'm so excited because Ashley Tate is here with us. And, you know, the the whole thing about starting a business, starting a nonprofit, especially doing something positive for the, the environment, there's not a lot of examples out there of how you do it and actually earn the money that you need so that you can live and do everything that that you really need to have um you know you need the money coming in at some point you know doing volunteer is a great way to start but if you want to take it to that next level you, you have to figure out the money part of it mm -hmm. and so that's why i invited ashley so um i we're going to dive into the interview in a minute but first i just want to say hi ashley thanks so much for joining us thank you so much for having me I'm so excited. Um, yeah. Before I do that, I want to let everybody know. So we have our Impact Summit coming up December 13th to 17th. And you guys, we are so excited about this. So we had people, we invited people to sign up for this 90-day challenge all through August. The challenge started September 1st and it ends November 30th. And I cannot believe what people are doing. Like Jeffrey, for example, in Kenya, like pretty much every week tells us how many thousands of trees he's planted. I mean, it's insane. And then we've got other people who started community groups, who built their own recycling center out of like logs and wire. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's just so cool. And everybody gets, we get together weekly. So it's people from... Uganda and Zambia and the Philippines and Canada. And it, it's like, it's been such a beautiful thing during this pandemic. And we're so excited to share it with you. So make sure that you register. It's free registration, December 13th to 17th. And also you can become a sponsor. And if you decide to do that by November, by December 3rd, then it's 50% off. So you get the book and all kinds of recognition and we're promoting your business and uh, we have a business sponsor showcase. So all kinds of super cool things we're excited about. All right. So I got my little announcement in there. <laughs> and so now I can turn back to Ashley. Um, so Ashley, before we uh, before we dive into this, uh, I know that so your background, what you do is you're a consultant, a coach. You help people um, with this business strategy, community communication yeah. strategy. But before we do that, we were just talking about like what a crazy time this is and how are you doing you're a working mom your kids are coming in and out and oh yeah out. yeah we, so, we keep having transitions all the time and you know i just like i tell my group like you just have to pivot you know for everything um you know even today i'm like on edge i'm here and i'm present but i'm like I might get an interruption. I hope not. They know not to interrupt me, but if I do, <laughs> just bear with me. <laughs> well, um, I think that goes back to the whole thing of you helping people start businesses and nonprofits and a yeah. life that you'll love is that, you know, you may have kids at home, you may have elder parents, you might have other responsibilities. And that if you can create something that, that you can do on your own terms, that actually pays you, um, then, then that's really powerful. I and think it's one of the best things you can do. And it just gives you so much freedom too. I mean, it's, 
it is, I would never say to leave your full-time job until, you know, your income is kind of making, uh, making something for that. Or, or you have, I mean, for my own nonprofit, I have someone who I actually hired to do most of the work on a day-to-day basis. And then I run my online business, um, as well, which is what, what I'm here talking about today. Um, and so I, I definitely think it's possible. It's just, definitely focus on a budget, you know, and you have to have that monetization piece of your business in there. And I think, and I hate to like, I just ran off, started talking. I will slow down. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, tell us us a little bit of the backstory of how did you come to be passionate about this? And I mean, it's such an important thing. Um, And I feel like there's not a lot of people out there doing, especially focusing on helping nonprofits. Thank um, you. So how did, yeah. what's your story? How did you come to this? Well, um, it's kind of convoluted, but I'll try to start. Okay. So I was doing public relations in a small town and um, that was great. I loved doing that, but it was, people had a hard time understanding the difference between public relations and marketing. And like I said, it was a really small town. So there weren't like a ton of outlets out there. So I decided to start, a, a local TV show and they asked me if I would host it. And I, I said, sure. Like I have no problem on camera. Um, so anyway, I decided to start hosting that channel and I would talk to local business owners about different things. And one of the things I noticed was just that there was no, there was no nonprofit. Um, there was a nonprofit exposure, but it was almost as if like it wasn't that important. And so Um, when I started my own nonprofit for kids doing extracurricular activities, then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to put myself out there and let people know about that. And I completely, I talked to my husband about it. I closed down my public relations consultancy and I really focused hundred percent on building and launching the nonprofit. And um, it wasn't easy, but you know, once you gain a little traction and people really start to see the impact of what you're doing, um, and then that you're not so reliant on asking for donations all the time. And this is why I talk about that monetization effort all the time, because once you have that piece in there, it kind of allows you to relax a little bit and really focus on your mission um, because you know that you're sustaining yourself. And that's huge. So, um, so that, that nonprofit, is that that's the launch pad for kids? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what was your what was your model then as far as creating what do you mean for monetization? What what do you So just something where you can always kind of depend on making a certain amount of money every year, right? So that you can fill your budget with whatever you're going to work off of for the year. So for us it happened to be it it is so far out of the box, but um you know, we work with kids. And a lot of people would go the vein of what um, what would work with kids and how we're going to make kids, you know, as a part of this whole idea, right? When you're fundraising, and I went quite the opposite, and I, I and I do recommend it to all of my students that they go up the opposite too. You look at your demographic of donors, and so if your demographic of donors are for my demographic, it was a lot of um, men and women that were around their like. 30s to 40s, um, and that enjoyed drinking. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy. Um, so we decided to 
add in a bunch of restaurants and breweries and um, we call it call it a mixology um, event. And basically people come in and they make these mixed drinks and then the patrons come and they pay $75 per ticket and they're able to um, go around and taste these different drinks. And then they have the food that's catered. And the first year we did it, we made it pairing. And then we got some feedback and we changed it so where it's not pairing, it's just that there's food there and you um, specifically vote on the alcohol. Um, and so it's just, obviously that doesn't really match with children, right? Having the alcohol and, <laughs> and the kids. So, um, but it's a big moneymaker for our organization and it's really the, the main source of income for what we do. And then we you're, use you're saying so you you focused on the donors. Absolutely. What do the donors what experience did the donors want? Yes. And so they want to support kids, but the way they want to interact with you is not the same way that you're interacting with the kids. So you exactly kind of separated those two things. Absolutely. Gotcha. Because it is really just like running any business, right? I mean, when you run a business, you have to build everything off of your customer and what they want and um, the type of people they are. And also you're thinking about your ideal customer. So you want someone who's willing to, for us, you want someone who's willing to pay that $75 fee. And our catch to that was, we are not gonna, what we also found is people our age did not like going to events um, where they were asked to do an auction and they paid for their clothing and they paid for this and they and then they get there and they're asked to do a raffle and then they're asked to buy this. and. You know, it's just a lot of asking um, and mm. some people just didn't really like that. So we said, you know what, your ticket is your donation. And they came and it was just a big party. And the point that you're making also when you are coming up with whatever your monetization offer is, is that you're you're saying we want to build awareness like you have a goal for your own business. And our goal was we want your email address. Because once we get your email address, we can market to you all year, you know, and we can ask you for donations and we can send you the kids that we have on the website all year long. And um, really at that time, it was just on that on that specific day, it was just to have a party and it was just to make sure that, you know, people were aware of what Launchpad was and, and how we help kids. And then, you know, after your fun night of, you know, fun. <laughs> Uh, we can email you and we can use your email address to talk to you all year long about our purpose and what we do. And we found that that's extremely effective. Um, and so that event, basically, oh yeah. Basically you're, what I thought that was interesting too, because I think people think of your ideal customer. So if you're a nonprofit, um, so in one regard, your customer is your kids, you know, that you're yes, absolutely. You launchpad for kids, you're in families and teachers yep. and you're, you're focusing on them. But right. what you're saying is that your donors are, another, are a customer base and that what do they need? And so um, you're, what you're talking about is that it kind of seems like, like the gala type of thing where yeah. you, you bring everybody together and you have a big party and you tell people what it is that you're doing, yeah. what you're all about, and you have a good positive vibe. Yes. Um, and you're taking it. the pressure off of your potential donors because that way you can market to anyone. When you say 
Well, well, for us, we're in a small town. So when we say your ticket is your donation, that means all you pay is the $75. When you get there, we don't ask you for anything else and you just have fun. It's up to them if they want to. And if you're good with your copy and you're good with what you're putting out, people will want to donate. They still will resonate with what you do during the year. But in that moment, they're just there to have fun, talk about your achievements of the program. And people start to become, you know, part of um, that mission without even realizing it, right? And exactly what you're saying. So I do teach my, my group all the time and my students, I say, you have three different types of donors. And the first, I'm not, not donors, I'm sorry, customers. Your first customer is the people who are gonna refer to you or the people who are going to actually send you um, your clients, you know, whoever your, your true clients are for your organization. So for us, that's our kids. And we really focus on teachers. That's one demographic of a type of customer that we focus on. So we talk to teachers, we talk to schools, um, and we have a whole messaging campaign focused on them. And then we talk to, um, you know, the parents of the kids and, and we have to make sure that we, you know, help them through the process and how this all works. Uh, so we have a, a different demographic. And then we talk to our donors. Now, when I say donors, that also means sponsors. That means partners. Um, that means anyone who is contributing to the success of the program. So if I'm talking to, say, a partner, um, that might mean that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get more partners like them, you know, say gymnastics studios or boxing studios or anything like that. Anyone who's helping you build your organization is going to be in that donor pile. However, you're not specifically asking them to give. You might be asking them for in-kind donations. You might be asking them to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you might be asking them to donate their services, which are in-kind donations. And then you're looking for specific donors and those specific donors are people who are um, actually giving you funds that you might create an event around or some, some sort of monetization effort. And I know I'm talking specifically about my, um, my organization, but as an example, I have a student who also um, has a, she has like an arts program that she does uh, for the community. And I was asking her, like, what is your monetization goal going to be? Like, what are you going to try to do? And she came up with creating singing lessons for the masses. You want to do something that's really going to attract the masses because anyone can donate to your organization. You will have an ideal donor and you should speak to that in your messaging, but also create something that the masses can take advantage of as well to kind of expand your base. So anyone can buy her singing lessons. Um, and then once they buy her singing lessons, they will be on her email list and she can still market to them for the entire year or next few years. And she may be able to convert them into a donor. So um, giving something of value is really good and really important, even as a nonprofit. And I really try to teach my students to make sure that they are not um, just focusing on the ask all the time. Um, I really think if you create a strategy around your monetization efforts, you have a good chance of, of converting a lot of other people um, into your purpose and into your, your, your nonprofit, which I call in my, in my group, I call a business um, because I do think it's a business. It's just, you know, it's just set up differently on how you're going to get funding. 
but you're definitely still marketing. You're definitely still advertising uh, just like you would do any other business product or service, right? And so, so your, so speaking about your business, yeah. so this is what you do. So you said that you have a, a tribe of people. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people that are listening are like, I don't know all what she's talking about, but I, I need to figure it out because, um, yeah. And, and so as you're thinking about, um, some of the folks that we have in our group, as you, I think that you saw the folks that are in our challenge that are, yeah. you know, starting a nonprofit in their community or, yeah. or some of our folks in Africa that, um, like Trinity forestry services, they're foresters, they do forestry projects, but they also work in the slums of Kampala teaching wow. vertical gardening, which is an amazing thing. Yeah, concept. Yes. I'm, I they, love gardening. So <laughs> yeah. And they're using like found plastic trash as the containers for wow. the, I mean, so it's like they're doing like this amazing work. Yeah. So, but, but as you were saying, so thinking about monetization strategy, so I guess I have two part question. So one yeah. is how, what is that group? And is this a paid membership or is there a way that people interact with you? Like, what are some of the things that you offer? And then maybe we can talk through, like, just brainstorm some ideas from for what some of our groups could do. Absolutely. Um, so I have a tribe, it's called the Social Life Tribe, and it's on Facebook. It's completely free. And that's really just a place for other purpose-driven entrepreneurs to come and join um, so that you can kind of be on your journey and talk to other people and find out ideas and share your wins and do all the things that we like to do as you know entrepreneurs together. Um, and I show up in there every Monday and I give just a little tidbit on, you know, what I, anything I could, could be talking about leadership. I could be talking about how to manage your board. I could talk about um, advertising your business, your messaging, anything, anything related to purpose-driven entrepreneurship. Um, and then I have also a Unleash Your Purpose course, which is your start your nonprofit in 30 days. So for those of you who have not started a nonprofit and a lot of people are really worried about missing a step, um, I've created this 30 day course that walks you through every single step of starting your nonprofit. Um, and then my other my other course that I'm currently creating is Unleash Your, Unleash Your Profit course. And that is basically designed to help um, any business really create a profit stream um, and monetization efforts around, you know, um, whatever your business is. And that way it really allows people to kind of understand the strategy behind how to sell and market things online and how to create sustainability for your business. Cause if you don't have profit, it really is tough to call it a business, right? So, um, I think that's where a lot of nonprofits struggle and also a lot of new businesses struggle. Um, just not knowing how to find their audience and how to get their message out there with all the noise, you know, so that's one of the things that we focus on in there. Yeah. Mm. So, so do you, okay. So that's great. So the, the social life tribe, and I put the comments in here, the yeah, Facebook group, so that's awesome. And also your website is ashleytate.com. Yes. So you can, people can go there Absolutely. Um, and then you've got your start your nonprofit in 30 days. That's amazing. And then mm. unleash your profit. So that's going yeah. deeper into this. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I like that idea of like somebody that's a, an arts nonprofit that 
does singing lessons. So that's an idea. That's an example right. of how you would yes. do that. Um, so do you, are you working with anybody that's in that kind of sustainability area or should I give you some examples of what? Yeah, I would, I would love some examples. I get like, there's a lot of people that talk about, yes, there are people who are doing gardens, like, oh, you know, for cool. like community gardens, you know, for okay, school. Yeah, let's, let's say, let's use that as an example. Cause we definitely okay. have people like we have a group that's in the Philippines. They, um, their goal is to start 50 um, gardens for this. It's an area where people have been displaced from um, the uh, typhoons and they've oh, wow. moved to a new space and a mm -hmm. new city. And so they're wanting to, to get 50 um, community gardens going there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Is, right. This is just one of our challengers. I mean, yeah. so amazing. So something for them would be like a farmer's market that they might be interested in starting, um, which I'm sure they've probably come up with that idea for themselves. Um, but, you know, farmer's markets would be a great idea. Um, some sort of co-op where people pay into uh, the community and then they're able to use that for buying the um, the the soil or you know any sort of thing that they need to have for their gardens. Um, gosh, there's like there's so many things. I I think the main thing is you have to really like think outside the box when you are looking at this and not pigeonhole yourself, which which is what I see a lot of people doing. They think like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing this this garden. Um, you know, this garden community or something, and I can't do something outside of that. Right. You know so, right. So maybe they could do, um, I, I saw, now that you're saying that, I saw one of our, um, one of our challengers, um, her name is Deb Zree, and she had this idea. It's called Regrow. Yeah. And everything that comes through their kitchens, they try to grow. Oh, so really? All the, all the seeds and everything, yes. they just try to, have a very tiny kind of circular economy. <clears throat> and I did see that they were um, then selling their plants. Yes. And it was just like at a neighborhood, you know, maybe it's just on the corner. And that's um, exactly what I'm talking about. Like that is ingenious, right? She's because she is taking that. Basically she's kind of in a way creating her own heirloom seeds, you know, she's right. taking something and, and regrowing it, which is very, very cool, very sustainable. Um, and fits in with her mission of what I believe would be sustainability, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to, I mean, you can enlist partners. I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be all on you. You can enlist your, I mean, we, we used restaurants, right, from our community. I wanted to get the community involved. I wanted to show really that like we have a village here, like just like it takes a village to raise a child, you know, we're fo focusing on kids. We decided to use the village concept and really have, you know, bartenders and brewers and restaurants and all those people come together. And we had judges that were from the community. So it, it, it gave a high level of awareness because people knew those restaurants, they knew those breweries, and then they knew the people that were the judges. So for your demographic or for your audience, some things I would say are like, who are people in your community that people know that you could maybe get on board to help build up your awareness? I mean, it could be a rock band or something that's in your community that you bring out every Friday and you highlight and they come and you make meals from your garden, you know, from a right. local chef or something, you know, with a rock band there. And, and it's all the proceeds that you have to buy tickets to come 
and all the proceeds go back to your business. I mean, the, the, the ideas to me are endless and you just have to be, you have to be, I hate to say this, but you have to be like ballsy enough to kind of go out there and try because it's okay to fail and it's okay to pivot. You know, it's okay to change. We didn't even put a title on our event because we thought we might, we thought we might change it next year, you know, and people never know what to expect when they come. And that's kind of what makes it so it's not boring. There's always something different. And, um, we just live, I feel like we live in a world that is changing ever so often. And you don't, you cannot depend on anything. You I know? guess that's the, that kind of comes back to what you were saying. Like the kids are in school, now the kids are home. And exactly. I, I do feel like that's been one silver lining of this whole thing is Absolutely. that, you know, that we all have completely to canceling things that you would never, you know, like March Madness just yes. weird. It's like, you know, things that were kind of sacred. Yes. That, that you just try things. And I think what the, what you're saying underscores a lot of the things that I talk about in the book. So the Climate Action Challenge book, one of the exercises yeah. is to identify a hundred ideal partners. Oh and my gosh. that's my thing too, is that if you're failing, if you're not succeeding, you probably don't have enough partners. That's right. And go through that exercise of who are the most powerful people, who are the least powerful, you know, like the homeless, the yes. people experiencing homeless or yeah. um, immigrants or like there's, you know, or famous athletes like mm -hmm. you don't know who who is going to be touched with what you do. Yeah, yeah exactly. bring this kind of energy. Um, exactly. to everything that you're doing and, and having it. And the other thing that I uh, recommend for people is to have an annual schedule. So, you know, when you do something and it does work yes. and you're like, Oh, I guess this is our annual mixology event. That's exactly, that is exactly how it works, Joan. That's exactly how it works. And the, the other thing I want to add to you is, you know, the reason that we even came up with a party is because like I, I, that's what I do. I'm a party planner. Like I used, I used to do that as well, like in my business. So like party planning, public relations. So it was a natural strength for me. And I think you have to really play on your strengths. If you know music, do music and add into your sustainability. Like if you know food, do food, you know, it's like, and start with those partners and those partnerships on the level that you know how to talk to those people. Right. You know? Right. So if your uncle is a famous chef, then maybe you start with exactly that. you don't have to struggle no and um just go it go in with your strengths exactly and and i i tell my my group that all the time i mean you focus always on your strengths like start there and and just like your exercise um, i have a couple exercises i make people do like that like just you know i call it your loaf of bread but like every slice of you like of your life is is a testament to your strength and what I don't even focus on weaknesses. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, no, you just work off of your strengths, and it'll it'll kind of guide your direction. It'll guide mm -hmm. you into what you naturally are good at, and what instead of trying to um, make it fit so much into the sustainability effort or exactly what you're doing, you're looking at the people that you hang with. What do they like to do? Because that those your first core group of people are really the people that you know support you, and so yeah. you have to look at what do we all like to do? Okay, we all like to have a party, or okay, we all love to 
eat pizza or whatever? How can we make the healthiest pizza challenge? Like there's so many things you can do. I mean, you know, or make yeah, a pizza from this garden, you know, that's one of the, one of the groups they do Zumba classes. Yes. It's like, you know, that's a great way. I don't know if they can do them now with the current lockdown, but you know, that's a great way to energize, like, kind of like you said, doing something for the masses. Yes. Um, and exactly. that's always say like, include families because if you in, invite an adult they just come alone or with one person yes. but if you invite families then it's like you can have like 10 times more participants and if you and if you invite the kids and you do something focused on children like we were going to do a fashion show or something one year for something else we were going to do a fashion show and and the idea is the parents come cuz they are going to have the children in it right Right. And then they bring their grandparents or their friends or whatever. I mean, yeah, you have to, you're right, Joan. You have to be thinking from that perspective of how can I get the most amount of people here? How can I, you know, you, you just, you just have to, I mean, really, it does really just come down to working off of your strengths. If you're trying to do something that is, is not a strength to you naturally, it's going to be extremely hard, you know? And so it's just not, it's not fun. And every year that I plan this party, I like, I look forward to it because it's energizing to me. Right. So, yeah. And so on the strengths, as you were saying too, like you don't have to figure out all the food if you no. go to a restaurant or something like that. Yes. And I could see like keeping on going with the urban gardens as an example. So that was a great idea, a community or a, a um, farmer's market, maybe yeah. some kind of a co-op. Yeah. You could see that they could maybe partner with somebody that has gardening supplies. I know some of the tree, we have a lot of tree planting initiatives and some of them have found government programs that pay them to grow the seedlings. Wow. And yeah. And so, you know, that I think what you're, what you're demonstrating is that if you go out there with the idea that we have skills, we have creativity, we have things mm. that people want and would be happy to pay for, um, that you can make that happen. And it's, it's going to be trial and error and you may, yes. some things are going to crash and it's like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try something different, but, but not to get disappointed or anything. No. And I just, on that point, I just want to add one more thing. It's like, um, if I could give anything to your viewers, uh, I would say, you know, really try to think of your nonprofit, your business, your purpose-driven business, whatever it is, as a startup. You know, always think of it as a startup. A lot of us, we put ourselves in that box of a nonprofit and we we stay there. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. we don't move from that box. And yeah. there's so much more. Yes, you have a purpose attached to your business, but you're just a purpose-driven business. That's all. You focus more on your purpose than you do on your profit. And that's okay. That's great. But you still have to make that profit. And so just like any other startup, you know, you go around, you do the partnerships, you talk about it, you talk about it all the time. Don't be afraid of talking about your nonprofit. That is the ask. The talking about it, not making the ask is the ask. You know what I mean? Right, right. So getting people spreading the word about it. And, yeah. And, and just excited about like, hey, you know, yeah, they say, what do you do? You know, I help kids get into extracurriculars. And then people say, oh, I do, really, how do you do this? Yeah, you're maybe someone else is like, oh, I build community gardens for people who are refugees. And then, you know, people say, really, how did you start doing that? I'm going to say this one thing to you guys. And I don't know, Joan, do I need to like, 
stop talking? No, you're fine. Yeah. Good last couple minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, But one thing I tell a lot of my people is people can never believe that you've started a nonprofit. Like people don't understand that that's possible. (laughs) I'm serious. They really don't. Like they are so amazed. So don't be ashamed of saying I have a nonprofit business, but but make sure that people understand that it is a business and that you're running a business. And really and truly, I think nonprofits require a little bit more, um, a little bit more focus because you are leading a board. And on top of that, you know, your finances are completely open for anyone to look at, unlike, you know, for-profit businesses. So, you know, you have a lot of fiscal responsibility. Um, and you're doing something to make an impact. And I truly believe that social impact businesses are going to be like the future. <clears throat> I think like the next wave of, of, you know, our generation is really focused on, um, you know, doing good. And what does this business really do for the community or what does it do for the, you know, for the whole, especially environmental businesses? You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, we had a little bit of a setback with some of our legislation, um, you know, recently, but I, I, I think that's going to turn around and I think people are going to be very focused on the environment and, you know, um, businesses and having social responsibility. I, I really do. So just don't discount it. I hear a lot of my people saying, well, I'm just a nonprofit. Like it's so much more than that. Right. You know, and so. I, I think I've, I was just thinking mm-hmm. as you were talking about all that, that one of our um, one of our challengers, they have a project that they call Remat Pet. And um, what they do is they take mattresses that, you know, a lot of mattresses just end up in the landfill. Yeah. And they change them into pet beds. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. But, but as you were just talking, I was thinking people spend so much money on their pets and they love their pets. And so doing some kind of an event with pet lovers, yes. Um, yes. you know, so it really, you've sparked so many great ideas. Oh, uh, and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. So this is Ashley Tate and uh, you can find out more about her at ashleytate.com. Her web, her Facebook group is social life tribe and that's a free Facebook group. You can get in and then you can find out more about her courses the start your nonprofit in 30 days and then unleash your profit, which is coming um, soon. All right. Well, Well, thank you for having me, Joan. This is a fun conversation. Yeah, I'm so happy that it all worked out. And I know it's like kind of crazy times. And I think, um, yeah, we had somebody just pop on here and say hi, they're watching from the Philippines. So yeah, that was that was super nice. And yeah, maybe you can tell your tribe about our uh, Climate Action Challenge Impact Summit. In case anybody else would like to to join us. We would love to, we're just so excited to show off what everybody's been doing in 90 days Yeah, and, and with some of your ideas that they could, they can go to that next level. Um, and I be, hope so. be a sustainable business for, for the planet and for themselves. Yeah. All right. I love okay. it. Thank you so much, Ashley. And thanks everybody for tuning in and remember to register for the impact summit at climateactionchallenge.net. Have a great day. Okay. Bye.